0: It's good to be back with you. I was away for a couple of weeks. Uh, I was in Nova Scotia visiting a little granddaughter and uh, had had just a marvelous time. Kimberly's still there. She's coming back in another 10 days or so. Um, We've been going through Micah chapter 6 verse 8. And uh, let me see. There we go. Uh, The Lord has told you. You've heard this now for three or four weeks. What is good and what is it that he requires of you? What does God require of you? And the answer is to act justly, uh, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, uh, two weeks ago, uh, Andrew talked about acting justly. Uh, last week, Scott talked about loving mercy. Uh, today, I want to talk with you... Whoops, I'm not sure what happened there, but let's get back there. Uh, how to walk humbly with your God. Um, as, as we do so, I, I've been pondering this. You know, when you get away, you have a chance to kind of think... Uh, Think things through a little bit from a distance, and, uh, and you look at all these things, and, and here's what I want to give to you today. It's not, not going to take really long. Um, acting justly, and this isn't a review, but this is just kind of my, my thoughts on this. It'll set up, what does it mean to walk humbly with God? Acting justly, I believe, requires the eyes and the ears of God. Now think about that for a minute. You see something, you hear about something, and it's about justice. And your attention is brought to bear on that. It is seeing what God sees, and it is really hearing what God hears. The Bible is very, very clear that that God uh, looks across His creation, and He looks for injustice. And where God finds injustice, the Lord travels to that injustice. And and one day there will be a, a full uh, and complete uh, rendering of injustice into justice. The Bible promises that. Maybe not in this life, but. Eventually, uh, and finally, that will happen. Uh, God hates injustice because it perverts his world. Uh, God created a just world didn 't he uh, and his uh, world, when it was perverted, had uh, had justice and and uh, everything that he 'd created to be good um, replaced with injustice. the love and, uh, the, the, that he had brought to bear his love in creating everything was replaced by selfishness and violence. And so uh, we see there are verses there. Uh, God hates an economy that runs on dishonesty. He hates hands that shed innocent blood. He hates those who justify wickedness and those who condemn uh, the honest. Uh, And God condemns those who act unjustly and who welcomes those who act justly. And Jesus talked about that. Lord, when did we see you? Uh, helping, you know, when, when when did we see you in these things? He said, when you did it to the least of these, you actually were serving me in that. And so acting justly requires the eyes and ears of God. Um, how are your eyes and ears today? As you look around this world, uh, there's a lot of injustice, isn't there? Isn't it, isn't it true that doesn't it just seem that our world is fracturing more and more and more? Uh, uh, Andrew just mentioned this morning, you know, we, we, uh, we listen to the radio, we watch TV, we read online, you know, you, you read the paper, uh, read the magazines online, and it just seems like there is more and more and more uh, injustice around the world. And so, yes, uh, what does God require of us um, to act justly? And that requires the eyes and ears of God. Um, Jesus himself tells of that. Um, John Piper has a Wonderful quote here. It clearly connects it to acts of injustice, and I've, I've already mentioned that. But here's the point if you want to know where God's attention is, find injustice and go there. Let me say that again. If you want to know where God's attention is, find injustice and go there, and you will find an attendant God paying attention uh, to injustice. Uh, what about loving kindness, though? Uh, well, Loving mercy or loving kindness requires, I think, not the eyes and ears of God, but it requires the heart of God. The delight, and think about this, the delight that God feels when sin is overrun with his love and forgiveness. Uh, I was thinking about that personally in my life this week, and I'm sure you uh, will feel the same. Aren't you thankful that God delights in mercy? That he delights in showing you mercy? That he delights in being a merciful God. Can you imagine what it would be like if God's first impulse was anger and vengeance rather than mercy? The fact that he is a loving God that acts in mercy. The Lord is merciful and compassionate. He is slow to get angry. Doesn't mean that he doesn't get angry, but he's slow to anger. And he's filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone the psalmist writes. He shows compassion on all of his creation. Uh, and I, I um, again, I'm so thankful that God delights in his mercy in my life, that he delights in Jesus Christ, sending his son. God's ultimate delight was in sending his son, Jesus. And in Jesus' uh incarnating here amongst us and then giving his life. That was something, uh, for you and I, the most wonderful thing that ever happened. For God, there was, uh, there was something, uh, there's such a great loss, but also in the loss of his son hanging on a cross and dying for you and for me and for the sins of the world, there was at the same time a delight in the mercy being shown in such a way that we all now have an opportunity to know God and to be included uh, in his family. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Think about that for a minute. Because of his love, his great love, his mercy, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. And so loving mercy requires the heart of God as well. Um, Ephesians talks about that. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive With Christ. It is grace that you are saved uh, through faith. It is God's gift. Are you thankful for that today? I sure hope so. I hope that as we sit here today, we are thankful people, thankful that God uh, is rich in mercy, that He loves mercy. And so, if you want to experience the heart of God, live in His mercy and grace. If you want to see uh, where God is paying attention uh, and where he is in life, go go find injustice. Travel there and you will find God at work. Uh, If you want to experience his heart, then live in his mercy and grace. But what about the last part of the verse? The last part of the verse, walking humbly with my God. What does that require? What does that require? I think it requires actually the feet of God. We have the eyes and the ears of God in in seeing injustice in the world and then paying attention to it. We uh, experience the heart of God when we act act with, with, with mercy and with loving kindness. But to walk humbly, and this is the point, to walk humbly with my God requires the feet of God. Because God is walking. Do you see that? It's not I'm standing humbly with God. It's I'm walking humbly with God. And the challenge, I believe, is this. I was, I was really pondering this this week. See if you track with me on this, all right? I believe that I can act justly and stay relatively safe and secure. You know, I, I can mind my own business. I can do what's right. Uh, I can love mercy, and I can kind of keep my distance as well to a point. I can forgive others who wrong me. Uh, and I can really sort of live into First Thessalonians, where, where Paul writes these words, make it your goal to live a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands, just as we have instructed you before, then people who are not believers will respect the way you live, and you will not have to depend on others. Now he's he's talking about not being busybodies. He's talking about making sure that you support yourself. But I, many times, I think, uh, as 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 people that are followers of Jesus Christ, I know in my life it's true. Um, I can be I can be in something. I can be in the world, and I can I can be seen injustice happen, and I can say that's not right. Uh, and I can pay some attention to it from a distance in relative safety. I can, uh, I can love mercy, which means I forgive those who sin against me just as I have been forgiven. And I, and I absolutely love mercy. But when it comes to walking humbly with my God, that's where I'm just not so sure whether I can do that without being completely and fully engaged not from a distance, where, where my safety and security, where I'm thinking about what I, where I'm comfortable and where I have security, has to be abandoned in order to walk humbly with God. Not just walk humbly, because this is the key. Walk humbly with God. You see, I'm not sure whether I can, I can, I can just keep it here. In order to walk humbly with God... I have to follow God into where he's going, into where he's going. And that changes the game, doesn't it? Think about that for a minute. It changes the game. I was, uh, I was thinking about the implications of that, uh, the implications f- for, for you and for me and for us together. It's natural to kind of think of that. Uh, what are the implications for you? Can I be really honest? I don't know. What are the implications for you personally? Not the person next to you, for you personally today, if you take the step of walking humbly with your God, with him, where is he walking? Where is he calling you to walk with him? What is he calling you into? Because the king is on the move, we know that. God is at work in this world, and and so for your own life, I, I don't have an answer for that. That's between you and him. That's where you you, you seek out the Holy Spirit, you you, you listen carefully, and perhaps, uh, even to to go back to the earlier verse, to have the eyes and the ears of God for you may lead you into something that the eyes and ears of God in my life will not lead me into. It doesn't mean that I've got it right and, and you don't, or you have it right and I don't. It just means that for every single one of us, there are also individual pathways as we follow the Lord walking humbly with him. Uh, what does that mean for me? Uh, you know, to, to be uh, a little bit honest here uh, today, um, God actually impressed on me a couple of things this week. Uh, the one thing that He in, impressed on me, and I, I wrote it down here in the back of my Bible so I make sure that I get it right, um, He said to me this week, He said, uh, Your comfort and security don't mean a lot to me. Your comfort and security, he's talking to me, so don't worry, this isn't for you, this is for me, okay? He says, your comfort and your security that you pay quite a bit of attention to, it doesn't mean a lot to me. Because I'm your comfort. I'm your security. And if you make me your comfort and you make me your security, then guess what? You don't have to pay attention to your comfort and security, you just have to pay attention to me. Uh, that's what the Lord was impressing on me this week. Uh, now that makes me a little nervous. Okay. But when I gave my life to Jesus many, many years ago, decades ago now, uh, I gave him my life. I died to myself. I took him as my security. He is my comfort. My full comfort is in God. And so God just impressed on me this week. I just want to remind you, Ken, that your comfort and your security, the way you may be looking at it uh, more often than not, actually, that doesn't mean a lot to me. Uh, I'm not so concerned about your comfort and security. I'm concerned about you walking humbly with me. With me. And when I walk humbly with God, it's wonderful. I'm not sure whether... Um, you're in that spot where you believe you're walking humbly with God or you remember what it was like to walk humbly with God, there's something absolutely beautiful and extremely powerful about walking humbly with God. Uh, one of the things that, that God has me on a, a path of is with um, a few other people in in looking at uh, at justice and then loving kindness. There's four or five of us in this church uh, that have uh, you've heard this before, put together a, a little group, and we've got our own tax number actually now, and uh, we purchased St. Joseph's School in Shamanis, the old Catholic school. And uh, the, the hope is is that the, as the Lord leads us in that, there will be a residential uh, um, facility for, for women coming out of addiction here in the next couple of years, and that the Lord is leading us in that. But i I, I got to tell you, walking humbly with my God in that is terrifying. You heard Lori and Sue talk about how it's its a little bit, you know, it's, it's not only humbling, it's terrifying to walk with God. Um, so we just we just signed on the dotted line for a piece of property that's worth uh, north of, a, well, not north, a little bit south of a million dollars. It's like, um, pardon me, what did we just do? What, what does it mean to, to walk humbly with God when God is your security? Um God is, is, is my security, and God is my comfort. Um, I don't know where that's going to go. I don't know what it's going to cost, uh, other than close to a million dollars so far. I, I, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. All I know is that in the steps of obedience that we have taken, God continues to just kind of open the doors for this to move forward. And uh, you know what, when, when, if, it, if and when it finally happens, the Lord will get all the credit. I can absolutely assure you that because he's the only one that could pull something like that together and make it a reality. And it is not a reality yet at all. Um, so don't, please, uh, don't pat me or anyone else on the back for that. This is just the Lord doing some things. But what does it require? It actually requires of, of me, and of the other people I'm with, walking humbly with him, with him, into where he may be leading Leading me. Um, where is he calling you? What is he calling you into? What is he calling you to let go of? Uh, what is your comfort? What is your security? Who is your comfort? Who is your security this morning? Um, What does it mean for us together? Again, I don't know for sure. I mean, there are lots of things that I have ideas about. Uh, That's where we have to have conversations and we need to pray and and so many things uh, together. Um, But I do know that the Lord has brought us through almost two years now of disruption, hasn't he? This has not been an interruption. This has been a disruption. Disruption. Uh, we are all still disrupted. I mean, I'm about the only person in this room that's not masked up looking like I've just robbed a bank. Um, and that's kind of fun, isn't it, actually? Uh, if you walk into a bank now, they say, Excuse me, you can't come in until you put a mask on. I mean, who would have ever thought that that would happen? You know, you can't come into the bank unless you put on a mask. Oh boy, you know, can I put on like the, you know, one of those dead president masks? You know, you want me to put on Richard Nixon or something like that? No, just a regular mask. Um, Think of the disruption. Think of the disruption in our world. Think of the fracturing. Is our nation not fractured in so many ways today? You know, more than anything else, I I think, what does it mean for us together? The Lord maybe just gave me this word. Um, More than ever today, this nation, Canada, needs people who walk humbly with their Who walk humbly with their God. That's what this nation needs. And there are enough of us for this nation to be transformed. But in order for this nation to be transformed, God's people have to walk humbly with Him. And then the question is, is simply, God, where are you <laughs> where are you going? Uh, and can I, can I come? Well, yes, you can come because I've actually called you to come. Jesus uh, said uh, to Matthew one day, this is Matthew the tax collector who wrote the book of Matthew writing about this particular day. He knows it happened because he's the writer. It happened to him. Uh, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew. Matthew's kind of going, that's me, by the way, um, sitting at his tax collector's booth. And Jesus said this, follow me and be my disciple. So Matthew got up And he followed him. Matthew, uh, you know, there are other parts of the scripture where Jesus calls someone. He says, God, you know, let me get my affairs in order. God, let me wait till my parents die. God, uh, it says on this day, Matthew left his tax collector booth, got up and followed him. And then later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many other tax collectors and disreputable sinners. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with sketch with such scum? And the answer is actually pretty simple, isn't it? Notice what Jesus said. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people need a doctor. And then he says this, Now go and learn from this meaning of Scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but to those who know they are sinners. Uh, You know, to to follow those words takes Micah 6.8. It really does. It takes the whole thing. Because in the end, you can't separate acting justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God. I think it would be easier to understand if we maybe flipped it on its back. Because I think it starts with walking humbly with our God. And when we walk humbly with our God, then we love mercy. Because for those who have been shown mercy, mercy is easily extended. With the mercy that God has shown me in my life, how can I not show mercy to anyone else? And then, of course, when, when, when I'm extending mercy, when, when we together as God's people in this nation are walking humbly with God and, and loving mercy, and every time we see mercy being extended, we celebrate it, then we act justly. We seek justice. We look for it. We answer it. We walk humbly with God into it. Because we recognize that wherever injustice happens, God is walking into injustice. Amen? Amen. It's really quite simple. If it wasn't so darn hard. (laughs) Simple and yet so very difficult at the same time. So, what do we do with that? Well, again, the implications for you are between you and God today and tomorrow, and the next day. God has, he has given you your life. He has uh, invited uh, you into his life. He wants to walk humbly with you. Uh, As the master leads, just as Jesus said, follow me, uh, Jesus is today saying to you, follow me, follow me. Notice he didn't say to Matthew, Matthew, here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to lay out the entire itinerary. This is what it's going to look like over the next period of time. And by the way, it's going to look this this long. This is the commitment I'm asking for you. He didn't do any of that. He looked him in the eye and he said, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew had a decision to make. And the next morning, Matthew had a decision to make. And the next day, Matthew had a decision to make. And years later, Matthew still had a decision to make. After Jesus had died, had risen, had been taken, the Spirit had been given, and Matthew, full of the Spirit, heard the voice of Jesus, the Spirit of God, speaking to him within his heart, saying, Matthew, follow me today. Follow me today. You follow me. And I I love how, how Peter and we can't help but think about that. Peter looks at John in the same scenario. Peter, feed my lambs. Follow me, Peter. And he looks at John. He says, well, what about him? Peter, if I want to do whatever I want with him, it's none of your business. You follow me. That's what God asked for. And as he does, you will know that you're following him. I believe this. When you walk in full humility with him, and in the full humility of walking with him, you love Mercy. You celebrate mercy when you see it, and you act justly. You look for injustice, and you go towards it. You don't walk away from it. You walk into it, knowing that God is walking there first and calling you to join him in what he's doing. I'm going to close in prayer. I just want you to think about that for a moment, a moment of silence. I'll I'll pray, and then as the worship team comes up, uh, there'll be communion offered. It's right here. Uh, And if you want to have communion for any reason today while we're singing, uh, this is your opportunity to do that. Let's pray together. Father God, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, thank you that you are a god of justice and that you always act justly it is uh, it is your character that measures justice in your creation and when we look upon you we see perfect justice you are just god and we long for that and we know that we will see it finally one day thank you that you love mercy Thank you that you have shown us mercy. While we were still a sinner, you died for us, doing what we could not do. And thank you that for every person on the face of the earth, including everyone here today, you say, follow me, walk humbly with me. Walk with me, trust me, let me be your security, let me be your comfort. Walk with me, Father. With that challenge, we go into this world, and this world needs people who walk humbly with the living God. And so, Father, we pray that our fear would be replaced uh, with a with a with a quiet um, commitment that may not even have a lot of confidence with it yet, because we haven't even let you prove yourself to us, or perhaps we did years ago, and it's time for us to to let you prove yourself to us again, that you are our comfort and you are our security, knowing that, Lord, one day, when this is all over, and it won't be very long, and we're with you, we will look back, and there will be great celebration as we look at our lives. We bless you. We know that you know the way. And so, Father, it is our desire today to follow you. Amen. Amen.